Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you work in an office cubicle farm where you have random, mindless conversations? Do you sometimes sit around a campfire with family and friends relaxing and talk about nothing in particular? Do you ever find yourself on a front porch or a stoop with your buddies just hanging out discussing the world? If so, then this show might just be for you. On Cubicle Chat, the topics are like the ones you would find in an office setting, a campfire, or a front porch. Anything and everything ranging from pop culture to travel to nerdy interests and even military stories. If any of these pique your interest, then check out the Cubicle Chat podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And joining me as always is my absolutely fantastic, awesome co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, delicious Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. And as we promised, we are going to do a preview of Survivor Series 2023. They're also calling it the War Games, which might as well. I mean, there's two War Games matches. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give our, our predictions and our opinions on what we think will happen and what we think should happen. And then unlike WWE, hopefully, you know, the next time we record, we'll actually kind of go over, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, what happened exactly. to see yeah. if we were right. WWE, they just make the predictions on the pre-show and then they just ne- never mention it again. Yeah. So I tell them, Hey, do better. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, because I'm pretty sure you're all batting like not even a thousand. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, not even close. And you are, and you actually know what's going to happen a lot of times. We don't. Right. Uh, not officially anyway. But <laughs> um, but first, I kind of want to talk about, you know, this past Friday, because I had mentioned it on the last time we recorded that I was going to be going to Georgetown, Ohio, uh, which is, you know, a little town. It's actually the county seat of the county I live in, uh, Brown County, Ohio. Uh, Georgetown is also where... Ulysses S. Grant grew up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of a famous town ish, I guess, famous ish town. But yeah, he, um, he actually grew up in Georgetown and they were having a wrestling event put on by Spot Monkey Promotions and it was helping raise money for, uh, the athletic department for the Georgetown High School. And I, I think specifically for their baseball team. Uh, I had that mentioned a few times. There was also a, a tattoo place out of Mount Orb, who was also um, doing some fundraisers as well. So that leads me into discussion. Yeah, I might be getting a tattoo soon. I don't know. <laughs> but, there you go. Hey, you know what? 50 years old, it wouldn't be the oldest that anybody's been. Because one guy told me he just gave his mom her first tattoo when she's 60. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay. Um, so that might be coming soon. You know, uh, details later, if, when it happens. But the the show itself when I, when I first walked in i actually went in a little late uh it started at like seven i didn't get there until like 10 after seven and i noticed the place was loud it was packed and it was loud and we're talking 
like you ever go back and like watch some of the old Mid Atlantic stuff on the network? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how those screams are just yeah. that's what it sounded like. Oh wow! Yeah, so the crowd was definitely into it. I saw some familiar faces. It, you know, it's um, some of the same uh, folks who go to NWF events, mm-hmm. and partly because there as well, quite a few people wrestling were also wrestle for the NWF. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them being uh, the person whose shirt I'm wearing tonight. There you go. The veteran, Jack Vaughn. Um, if you notice at the bottom of the shirt, it says thigh slap. <laughs> Those on YouTube, you know, you can see that if you're not on YouTube. Well, uh, go get us on YouTube, but we're also happy to have you on an audio platform. But And I'll be talking about that here in a second as well. But yeah, Jack Vaughn, I mean, it's first, he actually had a triple X shirt also happy because a lot of times I'll ask him, people, do you have a triple X shirt? And he said, I sure do. Boom. <laughs> and right there, You're so like, I was like, yes, because yes. I wanted this one because it had the thigh slap. If you don't know what the thigh mm-hmm. slap, uh, you know, what that's about, go find him on TikTok because his channel, he's became known as like the indie guy, the, the thigh slap mm-hmm. guy, uh, just because he calls himself the veteran. And um, and there's reason for He's very, very good in the ring, and he is very old school, but he – He's not a fan of the super kicks and the thigh slaps. And so he he makes more fun of the thigh slaps than anything else. You know, and if you watch his videos, you can't help but laugh at him. Right. Um, but he makes some very, very valid points. Uh, trying to get him on the show, but, but he and I did talk a little bit at, as to why it's hard for him to come on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just because of his schedule is ooh, just packed. And he gets like hardly any time to, to think. So, I mean, he hasn't been doing any kind of... Uh, I've always known about him doing one podcast, and that was the Dad World Order, and that was months ago. Oh, you know, wow. yeah. Uh, but I mean, he he wrestles up in this area. He also wrestles OVW. If you watch the uh, the documentary Wrestlers, mm-hmm. he's actually on that. You know, now at one point he's literally he's checking something on his phone whenever they happen to have the cameras yeah. on him. Yeah, you know, but he is in it. Um, but also Riley Matthews. She was there, and I had a great match against a, another wrestler named Nurse Mika. I'd never seen Nurse Mika before. She was really good, uh, and she and Riley had a lot of good chain rate. I even talked to Riley after this, and I told her how much I liked the match because they were doing a lot of the good, the moves, the counter moves, everything, you know, where, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it looked like uh, one of the good scientific matches that you'd see where I mean, all of a sudden Riley's going for a backslide. All of a sudden, they, they, got, they had a... You know, she's got her in a roll-up, got her in the sunset flip, and they're countering each other. I mean, it was just, it was some good action in the ring. Right. And, you know, and I actually, um, you know, I when Kenny Cummings, you know, a friend of the show, Kenny Cummings, we need to have him on sometime, too. Yeah. But, um, because that dude is, like, everywhere. <laughs> um, but he actually posted, you know, I, a little birdie told me that, they put on a great match and I had to re- reply and I said, yeah, I was there. I said, they, they put on a banger of a match. I said, it was great. And Riley, she appreciated what I'd said, but, but I'd also told her, I said, Riley, we've been talking about you on the show. She's like, what was she been saying about me? I was like, nothing bad. <laughs> I said, I mean, I can honestly say I've been following your career since the very beginning, her very first match. And uh, Riley, she, uh, she does absolutely fantastic in the ring. She's such a, a good person too. She's been on the show a couple of times um, the fact we were, you know, her very first interview. Unfortunately, you missed that one because you mm-hmm. had just came on as co-host, and so your schedule was still kind of wonky at the time. So yeah, um, but it was, you know, her 
her interview then was like 15 minutes long. The second time she came on, it was like an hour and 15 minutes long. Yeah. It was a lot longer. Yeah. Um, and that is still the, I just looked on YouTube yesterday and just to see which videos have like the most um, views. And her interview then is number four, I believe. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Cause I looked the other day too. Yep. Um, Big Mama, one of yep. her interviews is the, the, the highest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next is Buff Bagwell. And then, um, um, it's not, you know what? I'll have to go look again because it, I was actually kind of surprised. I've been kind of surprised a little bit, um, about some of the views I'm getting. And then some of our, inter- our, our videos have like eight views and I'm just mm-hmm. like, really? I don't get it, but it happens. Um, let me see. Let's see how this stacks up. Okay, Big Mama, Buff Bagwell, then Riley. Riley's mm-hmm. is actually number third. Number num- number third. <laughs> number three. <laughs> uh, and then after that, of course, is Larry Zabesco, and mm-hmm. his his are getting more views uh, by the day. So, uh, and then after that, it's actually um, Ella. You know, yeah. so we, we could tell. I mean, the ones who they actually have their like their core group of fans who really support them, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of Big Mama, I literally just watched her like an hour ago on the NWA Power Show on YouTube. She okay. made her NWA debut, and the fans were all behind her. You know, so um, you, know, you could hear them chanting, you know, Big Mama, Big Mama. So mm-hmm. uh, they enjoyed her match. It was a good match. Unfortunately, you know, she ate the pin, but uh, it's still right. a good match, and um. And glad to see, you know, she's actually, um, you're getting even more exposure because, I mean, she's got a pretty well-known name, you know, amongst, yeah, you know, um, like in within wrestling. So, I mean, um, and for good good reasons. Um, but uh, mentioned the audio platform, and we got, you know, we've always said if you give us a five star rating and a review. Like an Apple podcast, you can do it right there. If you give us a rating on one of the other ones where you can't give a review, but you can still give us a rating, give us a screenshot, send an email. We'll also talk about it on, on the air. Uh, but we got another uh, five-star rating and a review. Uh, just in the interest of privacy, because I actually know the person who did it. Um, but they they said, stunning Steve and delicious dwelling on top. And so... <laughs> Um, thank you for the person yes. who did that, and we thank really appreciate much. it. And that that helps us out. It helps us get more uh, more listens. It helps us with the algorithm. I don't know exactly how the algorithm works, but um, but that's what Ted always talks about is the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Ted the Hillbilly Hill, which, um, by the way, I had to send him a text earlier, and I, I told him. I was wondering why I was not getting any kind of notifications whenever he put out a video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I checked into it today. I'm like, why am I not getting anything? I wasn't subscribed. Oh. Okay. I'm like, so I told him, my bad. I said, I'm subscribed now. So I should be getting notifications. Cause I'm like, why am I not getting notifications whenever Ted puts out a video? Because he does right. a video and audio, kind of like what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, only he does the video first, then the audio comes out a couple of days later. Right now, we're going audio followed by the video. 
which that might be changing here soon. We're yeah. we're still working out some uh, kinks about that, but uh, maybe going live. That's actually the um, the goal. It's not going to be till after Thanksgiving though, because this week Thanksgiving week is like a stupid busy week for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, not even going to try it this week. Don't even want to, you know, brush on that. But I've been looking at you know how to to do it. I've been watching some tutorials on on different things on how to uh, really get a channel going. You know, using mm-hmm. Streamyard. Uh, our friend Justin from TNC Sports Talk, he's been giving me some pointers. He's been helping me out and giving me some tips. I'm like, hey, do this, this, this. All right, cool. So look for us to be going live here probably relatively soon. Yeah. And we're we're kind of talking about the night of the week that we're going to do it also. Um, haven't nailed it down yet, so don't want to say anything official yet. But you know, right. I, you you know, Droid and I, we've been talking about it because oh well, that's what we do. <laughs> so, but um, I knew there was something else. Oh, while I was at Georgetown for the second time, I got to meet Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. Last time though, he wasn't selling a megaphone. <laughs> And those on YouTube can actually see it. No, I did not just go buy a pink megaphone and bring it to him to sign. He was actually selling these because mm-hmm. pink's not really my color. I did tell Riley I might let her borrow it because <laughs> it matches all her ring gear. Right. You know, because pink is definitely Riley's color. I mean, that's say bad. I mean, but if you look at it, it actually, uh, he, Jimmy Hart said, what's your name, buddy? And I told him and he, you know, it says, uh, Steve, Jimmy Hart and, I guess it's a date. I can't really tell. But then he he did that with with the black ink, and then with the white marker, he actually drew all those hearts. Oh, cool! Yeah. So okay. I mean, yeah, those hearts were, did not come on the megaphone. I mean, he actually drew every single one of those. Okay. And he's like That's seventy. Awesome. He's like seventy five, seventy six years old doing that. Um, got to meet him again. Um, I did ask him if he does podcasts. He said no. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I'm guessing that he used to maybe once upon a time, but he said it's just too hard right now. Cause he, he does make a lot of appearances now. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yep. So, um, but nice guy, super nice guy. You know, uh, if you ever seen him, like if you ever watched the legends house, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. He was on that and you could tell, I mean, he seemed like a pretty genuine, nice guy. Yeah. He wasn't getting any fights with anybody. Like, you know, like Hacksaw and Tony Atlas, they were ready to throw down. Even after the oh, yeah. show, when they did a, like a reunion, they were ready to throw down on that. Now, apparently they're back friends again, which is good, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, so, but, um, I don't think everybody came here hear, hear me flapping my yap. So, <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, go and flap your yap for a little bit. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, <sighs> So, we're going to discuss um, Survivor Series. You said Kyle had predictions, right? Yep. Kyle emailed me some predictions, or he texted me some predictions. He sent me some predictions, no matter how he sent them. Right. Email, text. um, And as we go through each match, I'll I'll tell what um, he says for each one. By the way, Kyle was in a weightlifting a competition this past weekend, I believe it was in Pennsylvania. 
I saw something about that on Facebook. Ooh, um, once again, Kyle's putting up numbers that, you know, I know numbers go to infinity. The amount of numbers he puts up in weight, you know, <laughs> that he pushes yeah. up, you know, is, is trying to push the into that. Um, yeah. Because I already seen the video that he had posted and, and it was him benching. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's a lot of weight. And I thought I saw how what he had said on there, but he, and he verified it. He, he benched 525 pounds. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why if you ever see Kyle, that's why his chest looks like a big barrel, mm-hmm. you know, because yep. he, he can definitely put up some, you know, some numbers and, you know, we're, we're very proud of him for being able to do that. We're um, glad to see our friend is doing well mm-hmm. with that because he works extremely hard at it. And like I said, I mean, he get he gets to the point where he's like micro tuning or micro training his muscles. You know, um, because he gets extremely scientific with it. And he's tried to tell me about some of the things. And I just, you know, I'm listening going, "Uh uh-huh. I caught part of that. (laughs) But, I mean, but he is extremely good. So um, if you ever get a chance to see somebody put up 525 pounds, you know, well, that's our bud Kyle. He can do that. Mm -hmm. not, Not a lot of people can. And, and of course, when he did, I mean, and they have to have, you know, the spotters. You're not going to have like me spotting somebody with that. So you have to have other guys and sometimes multiple guys spotting right. somebody with that kind of weight, you know, because one slip, you know, one um, elbow like ro- moving wrong. I mean, and you're, mm-hmm. you're I mean, they're, um, so you have to be extremely finite when you don't know where you put your hands on the bar and everything has to be absolutely perfect. One, yeah. You know, half an inch, quarter of an inch off. And next thing you know, you're off balance and you have 525 pounds coming down on your chest with other people having to get it off of you. You know, so, um, yeah, so, uh, once again, he's putting up weight. He could bench press me and Jalen together at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. That's <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> yep. But yeah, he gave me his, uh, predictions for, Survivor Series, and as we go through each match, then I will throw his in as well. Um, throw his in as well. I'm having a lot of trouble speaking today. <laughs> you know, I must be thinking about that turkey and ham coming. I was getting ready Thursday. to say the same thing. <laughs> you're, you're already in turkey mode. So oh, like... I am. Um, and Friday is the NWF anniversary event, and mm-hmm. you know, already thinking about that one because I'm going to be bringing some merch from house of plastic, you know, to actually sell at the event, you know, so I'm kind of thinking about that because tomorrow I have to go pick up the merch. Right. Oh, and wow. I'm sorry. I'm getting like game notifications because my daughter, where she goes to college, um, I have their basketball team with the notifications, mm-hmm. their men's basketball team. They're not that good this year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because they just lost to Hofstra, eighty-five to seventy-six. Who yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hofstra, they're mid-major. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> but ah, uh, all right. So once again, I'm going to go by the um the order that is listed on Wikipedia. We have no idea what the order is actually going to be. Um, the first one, Gunther and the Miz 
for the Intercontinental Championship. That's Gunther. They're yeah. not going to give the Miz. They okay. I will say they better not give. They better not. Say, <laughs> the Miz better not be the one to beat Gunther for the Inter- Intercontinental Title. Now Gunther's retaining. Miz is just there until they build up another credible babyface challenger for Gunther. Yeah, because the Miz is not a babyface. I mean, no, he's he, not a face. And they do this every time. It's like whenever there's a dominant heel champion and they haven't built up someone to challenge them, they'll pull the Miz out of mothballs and turn him face and then throw him out there. Then he's going to get beat and then he's going to go back to being a heel. So it's even, like even it, pa- Paul White's going, how many times are you going to turn that guy? Exactly. Paul White and Natalia are both like, how many times is the Miz turning? <laughs> yeah. So it's like that one's for me, that's a no brainer. It's Gunther. He should win. He will win. That's my opinion. Uh, and kind of interesting that you have the longest single reign, and mm-hmm. and it's growing every day, yeah. against the person who has the most cumulative days as yep. Intercontinental Champion. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, just, I think it'll be a good match. He's one Intercontinental title away from tying Chris Jericho for the record of most reigns. Jer- Miz, Miz has eight, and Jericho has nine. But see, I've never, I'm never impressed by that record. See, I'm not either because here's the thing: like, I've never been impressed by all these double digit title reigns. Like, and I know those aren't double digits, but you know, I've never been impressed that like Randy Orton's a 14 time world champion, or Triple H is a 14 time world champion, or John Cena is a 16 time world champion because it's like the quality. How was the quality of those reigns? Like, Flair is recognized he's 16, but there was about five title changes overseas that WCW and WWE did not acknowledge. So, Flair's got at least 21, possibly 22 world title reigns. That's impressive because of the competition that he was wrestling at the time and he was literally going defending it against in other promotions all around the world. Yeah, and it was a true world title. It was a true world title and the the time it took him to win all those world titles. Like he won his first title in what 73? Uh what world title? No, yeah. he didn't win his first world title until like 81. Was it 81? Yeah, I thought he, he won one before that. Um, or maybe an 80. Now, Flair, I mean, he just started wrestling in 73. Um, but, but I mean, he was, I mean, he's, if, if you look at like every organization he was a part of, yeah. uh, as far as wrestling, he won every title there was to get. Yeah. Yep. Because, yeah, Mid Atlantic area, he won. The TV title, he won the Mid Atlantic title, he won the U.S. title, he won the tag team title. He, I mean, right. and, and of course, um, you know, of course, the world title. And but yeah, he um, he didn't win his first because he beat uh, Dusty for his first one, um, okay. and then he lost it, and then he won it, won it back. Uh, he lost it to Harley, and then he won it back from Harley, but then he lost again, and that's when they had the flair for the gold at the. 
Uh, at least right. I believe that's when yeah. they had the fleet. Yeah. So at the very first Starcade. Which, by the way, we're talking about Survivor Series. If we're going to talk November, we always got to stay. Starcade was, that was the grandfather of them all, not Survivor Series. But, yeah. but they had to move Survivor or Starcade to December because Vince McMahon pulling some dirty tricks. But, right. Um, um, so even, okay. So, yeah. Okay. 1981, he wins his first world title. He wins his last world title in 2000. Wow. Yeah. So it took him 19 years to amass that, you know, that record. The last couple of reigns, granted, Flair was not Flair. The last couple of reigns were just sad, to be honest. But, you know, 19 years it took him to get 16 recognized world titles. You look at John Cena, who has had 16 world titles and did that in like 14 years. No, not 14 years. He debuted in 2002. He didn't win his first world title until 2005. So you're looking at 11 or 12 years and Cena's got 16 world titles. Yeah, when was the last time Cena had it? Last person he beat for the world title, he beat AJ Styles. So that was 2016-ish? I yeah, think? He beat, yeah, he beat he beat AJ Styles at the Rumble, then defended it in Elimination Chamber, because that's the one Bray Wyatt ended up winning when he became okay. WWE Champion. But yeah, so Cena got number 16 against AJ Styles in 2016 which means he got 16 world titles in 11 years. And you have to look at the quality of matches and the quality of opponents. At the beginning of his run as a world champion, he had credible challengers and quality matches and things like that. But that middle period when we were doing the Super Cena thing, no. He did not have credible challengers. He did not have have good matches. It was predictable. Everybody knew John Cena was winning and retaining mm-hmm. the title. And it just gets boring after a while. Same with Triple H, same with Randy Orton. I would rather a guy like Shawn Michaels, who's only had a world title four times. But I mean, every one it has of those, only been four times, hasn't it? Yep. Every one of those has meant something. And, and yeah. <clears throat> um, and I was going to say, also one of the differences about when Flair, you know, was dominating the world title, at least in the 80s, maybe in the early 90s, when Flair lost the title, mm-hmm. he usually had it back three, four weeks later. Yeah. You know, unlike later on, like with Cena's, you know, and he, mm-hmm. Cena, when he was, you know, winning at the world title, you know, about once every three months or so on average. Um, yeah. And like with Flair... Flair looked better. I mean, mm-hmm. who would have ever thought when we were growing up watching Ronnie Garvin that he would one day be the NWA World Heavyweight Champion? I never saw that coming. But Flair looked made Ronnie Garvin look like, and Ronnie Garvin was good. Yeah. He was an excellent pro wrestler. I just never saw him as a world champion. And Flair was able to make him look like a god killer that 
you know, Ronnie Garvin was able to come in and beat the unbeatable horseman, Ric Flair. And he just made everybody better. And he put people over that other champions either weren't willing to do or weren't able to do. Did not have the talent to get other these other people over. I, I mean, mean he I had think a, it was Flair's a, idea, wasn't it? Put Garvin yeah. over? Yeah. Yep. It was Flair's idea to put Garvin over. He had a world title feud with Michael Hayes. He had a world title feud with uh, Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> I mean, and he got everybody over. And he made it to where everybody that he wrestled believed that there was a possibility that that was the night Flair was going to lose. Yeah, I remember thinking that like almost every time I watched Flair wrestle, I was like, oh my God, he's about to lose his title. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, never mind. But <laughs> never it's mind. like, but the suspense was there. It wasn't predictable. And if he lost it, then it wasn't a matter of, and I know a lot of it goes down to booking, but it wasn't a Kofi Kingston incident to where I get beat for the world title in nine seconds. I never even pursue a rematch. I just go right back to the tag division, just smiling and clapping with the crowd. And like, I wasn't world champion for six months. And with flair, flair was obsessed. It's like, if he lost the title, that was his only focus Yep, was, was getting it back. And, but I prefer smaller title reigns. Like I like Roman's title reign. I would rather have, a single reign that is long than have multiple reigns where the title's getting hot shot at every three, four weeks. And this is when you compare it to something like boxing, where there's not a boxing season. There's not a wrestling mm-hmm. season. Nope. You know, so boxing, you know, you hold the title until either you get beat or you give it up. Or UFC is yep. another one. Yep. You know, UFC is another one. Same thing. You hold the title until you no you longer get, have the title. Exactly. You get beat or, or or relinquish the title. And you don't see, you know, boxing and UFC or MMA or, or any other kind of combat sport where they say, well, that person, they've held the title, you know, 17 times. And people look yeah. at you like, really? He's lost that many matches? Exactly. <laughs> because that's, that's what people don't get. It's like, yeah, so-and-so's 14, 15-time world champion. Which means he's lost it that many times. Yep. So it's like it doesn't make it that important. Like Steve Austin was a six-time world champion during the Attitude Era. Some of those were hot-shotted, but still, six is a lot better and a lot more manageable and entertaining than fourteen. Yep. Oh, by the way, I like what Kyle says about this match. Gunther and the Miz. He said, Gunther destroys the Miz in awesome fashion. There you go. I like that. Yep. Yep. Um, I have a feeling that Miz, you know, his chest might be caved in by the time the match is over with. Yep. He's um, going to take a power bomb and that's it. Um, because Gunther, I mean, he, he comes at you like a steamroller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you can't stand there like the dude in Austin Powers going, no, because he's just going <laughs> to run you over. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so everybody agrees, Gunther, Gunther should, Gunther will, mm-hmm. in awesome fashion. You guys say, awesome. Um, <laughs> next one, 
is mentioned <clears throat> is Rhea, Rhea Ripley defending the Women's World Championship against Zoe Stark. Uh, it's Rhea Ripley. Yeah. No uh, disrespect to Zoe Stark. I think it's going to be an excellent match because I'm a big fan of Zoe Stark. And I think I think she is a future world champion, but not Saturday. Not Saturday. Nope. It's, it is uh, not time to take that title off Rhea Ripley yet. And Zoe Stark is not ready to step into that role yet. I she's mean, been no, doing she's excellent so far. She has earned yeah, the shot. She earned, Absolutely. she earned the shot, but she's not ready to be the women's world champion just yet. She still got she's you know she still got some growing to do to get to that point. If she stays on the path that she's on, I think she'll get there. You know, and people I've seen people on Twitter complain that oh, well she doesn't have any personality and blah 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 blah. Here's the thing, I don't care about it. Right. I, I, in the grand scheme of things, if you can't get between the ropes and wrestle a match that's going to entertain me, then I don't care that you're this wizard on the microphone. Or that you have all this charisma, because once you get in the ring, if you don't have the talent to have a good match, then I'm not going to watch it. Right. I'm just not. And, you know, I understand the controversy with Chris Benoit, but separating, separating the man from the act. Chris Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers for a long time. Chris Benoit did not have that uh, that personality. He didn't have that charisma. He didn't have mic skills. But he was one of the greatest technical wrestlers I've ever seen, and I enjoyed every match that he was that I've ever seen him in because it. I enjoyed the match. I didn't care that he couldn't talk. That he wasn't a great talker. I didn't care that he didn't that he wasn't electrifying like The Rock. But he could wrestle ring. He could wrestle circles around the majority of the people he got in the ring with, and that's the part that I liked. Uh, I was actually going to make the comparison to Ricky Steamboat. Um, yeah, uh, Ricky Steamboat's the same. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat was not a strong talker on the mic. I mean, he wasn't horrible. He wasn't terrible. Yeah, but... he wasn't terrible, but he was not. I mean, he was no flair. Right. You know, he was no Dusty. You know, he was no Arn or Tully. Um, but you but get him in the ring. You get him in the ring, Ooh. and it's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, he really didn't have—he didn't really have that overwhelming charisma either. He was just the lovable babyface. He was mm-hmm. the white meat babyface that never turned heel, and always gave you a great match. And that people respected what he did during the between the ropes mm-hmm. more than. People didn't worry about his mic skills or his charisma. They worried about, is Ricky Steamboat going to give me a top-notch match tonight? Yes. Yes, he yes he was. Every night. Every night. Yeah, I don't think Ricky Steamboat had the capability of putting on a bad match. No. So, and, but Rhea Ripley should win this. It's not time to take the title off of her. She is by far the biggest star in the women's division, and that's Raw and SmackDown. The Judgment Day stuff is still hot. She's obviously the leader of the Judgment Day, regardless of yep. what Damian Priest said on Raw last week. Rhea Ripley's running that show, and she's just too good and too hot right now to take the title off of her. And Judgment Day, we know 
he's about to be booted out. Anyway. Oh, yeah. We know that. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's um, coming. Yeah, it's coming. And, you know, so we, we both agree Rhea Ripley's always Stark just isn't ready. And I keep wanting to say Starks. Starks. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I want to say, throw, yeah. throw, throw an S on the internet. You know, you know why? John Starks. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yeah, because that's when basketball was in its golden age, and I don't think anybody will ever, any era will ever top that. No. But anyway, Mm-mm. the run the time of the 1992 Dream Team for the Olympics, mm. yeah, where they did not call one timeout through the entire the entire Olympics, mm-hmm. where Charles Barkley said, "I don't know who Angola is, but Angola is in trouble." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. And I don't even think John Starks is a part of the team, but John Starks, he would, he could shoot the lights out. That's all. Oh I yeah. He really could. <laughs> oh, um, Kyle also agrees with us. Uh, he said, Rhea Ripley wins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I'm actually going to skip down to what they have. The last match on here. I don't know why it's listed as the last one. Cause we know this is not going to be the headliner match, but it's Carlito versus Santos Escobar. It has to be Santos Escobar. Yeah, he just he just turned heel. Ray is out recovering from knee surgery, so he's going to feud with other members of the LWO. Carlito's first in line. He's going to make a statement, and yep. Santos is going to. I'm not saying it's going to be a. It's not going to just be a squash, but I think Santos needs to make that statement in this match to solidify that heel turn. And I think he will win. I think he should win. Carlito at this point, he doesn't need the win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, but he's there to know, put somebody over. He's there to put somebody over. Yeah. He's, he's veteran status. Now he's mm-hmm. there to put people over. Um, I think this will be a brutal match. I don't see a lot of scientific stuff happening because it's kind of a, a grudge match. Yeah, they um, built it into a grudge match, and heel Santos Escobar will do anything to to win. I've seen it in NXT. He will do absolutely anything to win. So, yeah, it's going to be a fight. And I must well say second-generation superstar Carlito. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets about that because, you know, his dad was uh, the youngster, Carlos Colon. Yeah, the youngster. <laughs> I mean, it was 40 years old. Gorilla, in a months in months a youngster. <laughs> This youngster, it's this like, youngster, what? <laughs> that dude's got grandkids. You call him a yeah. youngster, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Escobar definitely because I, I can't see the value in having Carly to win. Um, I can't either. It just it 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 would kill Escobar's heel turn like dead in his tracks if he if his first big match after he turns heel is a loss. That would you know kill any momentum that they've been trying to yep mm-hmm. you know well it, it'll kill the momentum before it even really starts yeah and no because santos escobar i mean he's he's too good everything I've, time i've seen him in the ring i'm like okay he's good oh yeah and he needs you know he deserves a push mm-hmm. um and and looking and and kyle also says santos escobar should win um you know and i have a feeling that's going to be that that's not going to be the headline match. Obviously, that's going to be the match before the final match. Yeah, right? because there's not be... there's not a lot riding on it. That's the reason I say that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good match, but I also think it's going to be the the cool down match or the palate cleanser in between the war games. Yep. Um. 
and I'm actually going to talk about the women's war games match first. And this is, let's see, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, consisting of Bailey, Asuka, Eosky, and Kyrie Sane. Um, I thought Damage Control were five people now. Who am I missing here? Because Dakota Kai is injured. She ah, Dakota Kai That's right. Duh, I forgot about that. My bad. First, I don't. I'm not subscribed to Ted's channel, <laughs> and now this. Um, but I am subscribed to it now, and I'm also subscribed to the Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with the Eighties channel with our friend BC Hunter. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, he just passed up 750 subscribers on his channel. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So, ABC, can you send some of those our way? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we can really use them. Um, you know, but I'm glad because BC's such a good dude, and he has a yeah. great show. Love listening to it. Love watching it. Um, but this right here, because damage control, they are really pushing them again, because remember before it looked like they were about to split up, they mm-hmm. were really not setting anything on fire. And all of a sudden, boom. Well, is because it's like once triple H was officially solidified as head of creative, then you saw that, that uptick in the pushes in the women's division because when Vince was back in control, we know what Vince thought of women's wrestling. So yeah, damage control was a triple H thing. Vince comes back in control. It's like, I don't like that. So I'm not going to put any focus on it and just let it flounder. And then Vince's idea of doing things is, Oh, I, I don't like that. So instead of changing or tweaking things to improve it, I'm just going to let it flounder until it dies. And he's done it in the past, and yeah, you know, he's so, done it multiple times in the past yeah. with, di- with different people, different gimmicks. It's like I don't get no. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get know. it. So I, I'm not going to push it. Right, and you know, we've also seen how Vince. We could all we could tell what he thought about women's wrestling when they had that the Queen's Crown was the tournament a few years ago. Yeah. And the, the cumulative time for all, what, 10 matches, I think, or whatever it was for the mm-hmm. tournament, was like 15 minutes in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, why why are you even have, bother having to go in? Because the, them walking to the ring is going to take longer than what mm-hmm. their matches yep. are. Uh, but this one, because it's a War Games match, so it's going to be inside the, are they doing the double ring with the cage? Yep. Or they do, okay. yep. Excuse me. So you have the double ring with the cage, and we've seen uh, some of these women in cages before, and they get nasty. Yeah. They, the, yeah. The only woman that's been in every single War Games match since WWE started doing War Games is Eel Sky. She's been in every one. She's been in every one on, in NXT and every one on the main roster. And if anybody's wondering why I called Whalen the Walking Talking Wrestling Encyclopedia, it's because <laughs> it's trivia like this. I would have never known that. So we know it's going to be just brutal. We know there's going to be mist flying because Oscar's going to be in there. Oh, yeah. Um, Bianca's going to hit somebody with her hair. Um, Charlotte's going to hit some kind of moonsault because she can. I mean, regardless yeah. of, you know, what we feel about her winning titles, we know – yeah. Charlotte, I mean, she is a legit athlete. We know that. Yeah. Um, glad to see Shotzi mixing up in there. And of course, 
Becky Lynch, um, we know what she's capable of. So this ought to be a good, brutal match. But damage control, well, to be kind of throw a pun on words here, um, it would actually do more damage to them for them to lose because they're getting reestablished. My thing is, as much as I want damage control to win and not team babyface, in my opinion, damage control needs to lose. And here's why. Because it's obvious they're pushing Bailey out. So here's what happens. Bailey takes Ah. the pin. Bailey takes the pin. That's the out. They turn on her in war games. She's kicked out. And then you have Dakota Kai running the show of damage control. Because right everybody knows Dakota Kai is pulling all the strings and just letting Bailey think that she's coming up with all these great ideas. I think that's what should happen is, like I said, as much as I want damage control to win long-term booking, they need to lose, and Bailey needs to be the one that costs them the match. Either by taking the pin or miscommunication and striking one of her teammates and causing them to get pinned, something something along those lines. That way, they turn on her. She's kicked out of the group. She eventually becomes a face, starts chasing EO for the title, and puts EO over. Something I'm going to look up right now, just so I can um, verify the year. Um, Because somebody who we just had on the show recently, um, Larry Zabesco, he was booted out of the Dangerous Alliance. And the same thing happened because it was a miscommunication Mm -hmm. and which caused one of his teammates to get beat. And then they turned on him because they're like, it's your fault we lost. Um, I'm looking and had been, I guess, in 1991. Um, or no, 1992. It was the war games in 1992. Yeah. Oh, which got a, which got five stars in the wrestling observer. <clears throat> wow. Meltzer liked it that much, huh? Yep. Um, which is actually saying something because, I mean, if it's not in Japan, Meltzer usually doesn't give it a five-star rating. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of matches in the U.S. he gives five-star ratings to. Nope, but, yeah, so I can see, like I said, um, Bailey being given, she's given the, the Zabisco treatment because, yep. I mean, we, we've been seeing this for months. <clears throat> oh, yeah, they've been know. building to this. It's like, but the final piece of the puzzle was when Kyrie Sane resigned. Yeah, because she had the relationship, you know, she has a relationship with E.L. Sky. She has a relationship with Asuka. Her and Asuka <clears throat> are former WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. All three of them wrestled together in Japan. Dakota Kai has a relationship with all three women and speaks fluent Japan. It's fluent Japanese, <laughs> fluent Japan. She speaks, speaks Japan, y'all. <laughs> she, she speaks fluent Japanese. Really? So, 
Yeah. I did, I did not it, know that. Because she's wrestled in Japan. So she speaks okay. she speaks Japanese. And so that core makes perfect sense. And Bailey's the odd one out. One of these things is not like the other. Exactly. Um, of course, that's the thing that's funny, kind of kind of slightly off topic, is when I told um somebody, it wasn't my wife, it was my wife's friends. It's like, yeah, Bailey, her real name is uh Pamela, you know, Pamela Martinez, you know, yeah. um, you know, or they call, call her Pam. Can't remember who it was, but she said, huh, she doesn't look like a Pam. I'm like, I have no idea what a Pam looks like. Yeah, what does a Pam look like? <laughs> but apparently it's not Bailey. <laughs> so, um, but, actually, I think that's it, my... it, it may have been my wife's friend, Carrie, who came on the show. Okay. I think she might have been the one who said that. Yeah. Anyway. But that's my prediction is that damage control loses due to Bailey and whether she takes the pin or miscommunication and then they boot her out and the feud starts between Bailey and damage control, which leaves Bailey by herself because she's not going to have any baby faces to back her up because she's been such a terror in the women's division for years. So she's just going to be an Island unto herself. And she can't come back with the Bailey buddies. No, nobody wants to see that now. No, no. I mean, she took a pickaxe to them. So, yeah. Um, I mean, and she did it like she broke that thing and was just ripping them apart. Oh, I'm yeah. like, no, not the wacky, <laughs> wacky waving arm inflatable tube, man. What did Kyle, uh, who does Kyle think is going to win? Uh, he said, and uh, all of a sudden my phone started acting wonky. Da- just says damage control wins. Okay. You know, so. And like I said, I think they need to win. I, well, I think they. You know, I think they it would be great for them to win, but I think it would be better for them to lose. Well, like I said, it has to be very specific where they have to lose because of Bailey, something she does. Exactly. And then Yeah, it can't it can't just be one of the faces pins one of damage control out of the blue or makes them submit and the match is over. It's got to be Bailey's fault they lost. Yep. Uh you they can't go, all right, we just well, Bailey, you're out. Well, yeah, well, you're gone. Get out. It's like, no. And it's like, I think Triple H, you know, we know Triple H gets that. So I don't think there's just going to be some random loss. Because, you know, in 1992, there was a wrestler, I believe, in WCW with the name. He was billed as being from France, but his name was Jean-Paul Levesque. Uh-huh. Which yep. we know now as Hunter Hurstelmsley, Triple H. Triple yep. H. Yep. Whose real name is Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. Uh, but the Jean Paul Levesque, he had the French accent. Yeah. I bet that man doesn't speak a word of French in his life. Nothing. Probably not. So, no. uh, and I'm trying to, as, so you're saying Team Babyface, because they don't have a name. Um, yeah. And Kyle's saying Damage Control. Hmm. I'm trying to. This is really a flip because there's there's no disadvantage to either team when it well damage control if they lose like you said then Bailey's out, but if they win of course I mean they're giving them a push it could show them as unstoppable. Exactly, and it's not going to hurt any of the faces, including Shotzi, because Shotzi's getting, you know, Shotzi's you know in there with greatness. Regardless of what I think about Charlotte Flair's title, you know, title reigns, 
you've got Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, you know, top of the food chain in the women's division. Well, under Rhea Ripley, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then on the other side, you've got Bailey, Grand Slam champion, Oscar, Grand Slam champion, you know, EL Sky, current women's champion, former NXT women's champion, won titles all over the world. Same with Kyrie Sane. Dakota Kai wrestled all over the world, won championships. Shotzi is in a great position to learn from all this talent. And she's she's a she's a good talent on her own, but this is the kind of push that she's been needing. And it was smart to add her to this. And Shotzi Blackheart, I just now looked. Her her real first name is actually Ashley. Kind of like Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair, her real first name is also Ashley. Yep. Um, you know, I'll throw a twist in there. Damage control wins, but they kick Bailey out anyway. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, but I think it makes more sense for them it does. to for her to cost them the match. Um, um, it could be a case uh, of you know she steals the pin. Now I didn't think about that. That right. is true. She She's, could steal the pin from someone, win the match, run around gloating like you know. I did it all, you know, I did it all by myself and blah, 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 blah. And then she gets beat up and kicked out of the group. And then next thing you know, she gets missed in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, the nasty elbow drop that yeah. Kyrie Sane does. And I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, if she, if she doesn't have back problems, I'll be very surprised because <laughs> I mean, her yeah. elbow drop, I mean, it's, it's devastating looking. I oh mean, yeah. If you look at how she lands. I mean, she comes down like smack. Yep. And so, um, we know that'll be a brutal match, but I'm pretty sure the men's war games match. I mean, this one will probably be even more brutal. Um, actually, I will give you Kyle's prediction because I, I like his prediction. Mm-hmm. The first, uh, of course, Randy Orton returns, turns on the team to feud with Cody, money in the bank, cash in to close the show. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't think of that, but Ooh. that would be good. Because then it's like Seth's vulnerable because he's in war games. Mm-hmm. He's been beat down. And, you know, even if Judgment Day loses, David Priest could still cash in and leave with the world title. Cause I mean, more dissension in Judgment Day because he's already planted those seeds of dissension by saying he was a leader. Because you see the look on Finn Balor's face mm-hmm. when he said it. And it's like, eventually, his replacement's already there. J.D. McDonough's already in Judgment Day. So... Your spot's already taken, buddy. Time to go. And the same thing could happen that, like I was saying, in that I was fantasy booking before, you know, the women's match. Judgment Day could lose, and it'd be Damian Priest's fault. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the nail in the coffin for him as far as as far as that goes, because I don't see the baby faces losing. Simply because Cody, it's Cody Rhodes' first time ever in a War Games match. The match his daddy created. That's exactly. His daddy invented this match. Exactly. I don't think they're going to have Cody lose in the match that his daddy created. They've given Cody everything that he wanted and should have since he's come back. And that's part of it. That's part of, they keep talking about finish of the story. 
there's a big part of the story. My dad created this match that I'm finally getting to compete in. It doesn't make sense to have them lose. Because Judgment Day will still be fine if they lose because you've got that turn that's possible. Orton could still turn on Cody after they win. You know. Yeah. You know, the old saying, never trust a snake. Yeah, he or, the viper. Know, exactly. It's like, so that could happen. Um, I am glad to see Randy Orton actually taking a lot more time off for the injury this time because I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, because there's always, I, I've read you read the things that say, well, Randy Orton's injury prone. Uh, it's not that he's injury prone. It's just that he comes back too comes soon. Back. And the thing is, because they need him to come back, and right. he is a team player because, you know, he has matured so much over the years that he is a team player and is like, oh, well, the company needs me, so let me come on back, even though I may not feel or be 100%. And his style is intense, and so... Yeah, he takes the... He takes that's the, how I hate he's injured so much. He's been landing flat on his back for 20 years. Mm-hmm you know, with the RKO and hitting it from every possible angle. There's only so many times you can land flat on your back like that on plywood and not have a messed up back. Oh, not just plywood, but because I saw a video um, a couple of hours ago when it said Randy Horton's best RKOs and it, I'm, it may have been WWE who actually put the video out, but it showed him uh, doing it on the ring steps. The ring steps may have been inside the ring, but they yep. do landing on ring steps, landing on the ring apron, which we know is the hardest part of the ring, yep. landing on the announcer's table, landing on the padding outside. Landing, landing on, on the announce table, and the announce table does not break. And does not break. Yeah. Uh, landing on car hoods. That was the one yeah. of the funnier ones. Yeah, when he when he RKO'd Hogan on the car, yep. yeah. You know, yep. uh, and RKO'd, RKO'ing people through tables. Through tables, yes, exactly. And, you know, so, yeah, and he's yeah, done a lot of damage to his back and his shoulder, too. He's had, He's got some kind of issue with it. I think he, well, he hurt his shoulder at one time, and it's just never really fully recovered. Well, he had a uh, – it's something like um, he was born with a hyperextension in his shoulder. Oh, So that's okay. why he that's why he ended up, like, breaking his collarbone, mm. taking out the trash that time. He was taking the trash out when he was off. Ah, okay. And just it rotated wrong and pop. It didn't take much, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I just cannot believe the amount of humanity they're going to have in this ring. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton versus. Jey Uso looked very nervous that it's Randy Orton that's coming back. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else was, you know, the rest of the team was psyched, and Jay's like, uh, do you know who this guy is? Because we know what he's done in the past. Yep. And, you know, Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom, and J.D. McDonough, and Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre. And um, if they miss this opportunity for Drew McIntyre to come out and with his old theme music, Broken Dreams. He's turned heel. That's a perfect theme for him now, is his old theme. They need to bring that back. I need to go listen to it. I think I forgot what it 
you know, it's like, I mean, I've liked Drew McIntyre for a long time, yeah. you know, just because he's just brutal, yeah. you know, not the, just, not the geeky looking Drew McIntyre from yeah, before, when he but first, I'm, yeah. But yeah. here's the thing too. He looks like a heel mm-hmm. has the, he has the build. He has the style. The look with the long hair and the beard and it, the intensity. His, his face always has a scowl on it. Exactly. Even when he's a face. A yeah. And it's like he is so much better. He he's so much better suited as a heel than a face. And I'm glad they I'm glad they did that slow burn and then he finally turned. Because mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the shot in the arm for his career that he needs. Yeah. Um, I I don't like that they announced Randy Orton early, like last night on Raw when they announced it. But I understand why it makes sense because they're in Chicago. And if they wait, if they waited until War Games to announce that it's Randy Orton, the Chicago crowd is going to be expecting CM Punk. So that crowd's going to lose their mind. They're they're going to riot and it's going to ruin the main event because we know this is going to be the main event and it's going to ruin that because people are people are going to be more focused on the fact that it's not cm punk than the fact is of randy orton's back we have this awesome array of talent in this brutal match so it was smart for them to announce it early i also like that the the part though they announced it so now people are expecting it but nobody's seen him yet they're not going to see him until Saturday. Oh, okay. Because I haven't watched, I haven't even watched highlights from all last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, they announced it, but he was not on the show. Cody, Cody announced it, uh, that it was going to be Orton, who was going to be their fifth guy. But he didn't come out. So you got to wait till Saturday, which that pop, when he come when his music hits, is going to be amazing. Because <clears throat> he's been oh. gone a year and a year and a half. <clears throat> hmm. I think so. Now, who do we think? Well, Judgment Day need to win this. I think Judgment Day will win this. Um, however, I think Damian Priest is still going to be cashing in. Um, I do like what Kyle said about that. Cash in, he wins the title. He's out of Judgment Day. Yep. Um, but I can't see Drew McIntyre joining Judgment Day because. Well, unless he's, unless he's the leader, I can't see yeah. him being part of a Judgment Day. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, he said on Raw that he wasn't joining Judgment Day, but he was standing with them on Sunday against Cody and the rest of the guys. And him and Rhea Ripley have made some deal. So, hmm. you know, so. Judgment Day right now consists of, let's see, a, a Puerto Rican dude, two Irishmen, Mexican-American, and a Scotsman. That's a fun team. <laughs> yeah. That's a really fun team right there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dom's Mexican-American. Yep. JD and Finn are Irish. Um, Damien's Puerto Rican. And um, Rhea Ripley's Australian. Yeah, she's Australian. Or- yeah. She Australian? No, yeah, she's Australian. Um, Dakota Kai is from New Zealand. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, and Drew McIntyre's from Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. He's from the the Ayrshire district. 
which apparently that's where my family's from. Um, oh, okay. The barber side, yep. Uh, where the barber, apparently there was a lot of concentration of barbers um, mm-hmm. in that area. And a barber just, didn't just mean haircutter. I mean, it was like they did dentistry. They did a little bit of doctor oh, wow. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then eventually they just said, you know what? I just like hair. <laughs> um, yeah, but see, then Cody Rhodes, Florida, Georgia, Seth Rollins, Iowa, Jey Uso, Florida, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, Sami Zayn, um, who's one of the most interesting ones because he's French Canadian Syrian. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he speaks three different languages. Um, then then Orton's from St. Louis. Yeah, Orton's from St. Louis. <laughs> You know, I keep forgetting he's from St. Louis because I always want to say Kansas City for some reason. Uh, and I don't know why, but I'm always thinking he's from Kansas City, but no, he's from St. Louis. Yep. Um, that's why I think the matches when him and Baron Corbin, those were because Baron Corbin is from Kansas City. Yeah. You know, so yep. those matches were pretty interesting. Um But yeah, them them announcing Orton early kind of squashes those CM Punk expectations. They could have just went up there and said, look, we're not going to tell you who it is, but we're going to tell you who it ain't. It yeah, ain't CM yeah. Punk. But, it, but see, that Chicago crowd going in blind would ruin that show because they would they were expecting CM Punk. Everybody, as soon as people found out that Survivor Series was going to be in Chicago and CM Punk had gotten released from AEW, Everybody's like, oh, he's coming back. He's going to show up at Chicago. He's going to be a surprise, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that it's not a possibility that he still couldn't be a surprise at the very end of the show. Right. But he ain't the surprise partner. Not only that, but I think a lot of people, obviously outside of Chicago, um, are tired of CM Punk. um, Yeah. Just because. And he's, I mean... He's got heat with a few guys that are in that match. Him mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins do not get along. Him and Cody Rhodes do not get along. It's and enough that Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes do not get along in real life. They they're not fans. Of and see, I, I didn't I didn't know that until yeah. um, you pointed that out. Um, they they used that to kind of intensify their feud when they had that feud when fo- Cody first got there. But they were both professional. Nobody took any liberties or anything. Right. But they just don't care for each other. They're professional enough to work matches against each other, work a match with each other, whatever. But personally, they just don't care for each other. Um, yeah, but CM Punk, I mean, I know a lot of people say, well, you don't know the entire story. Um, from what we've seen, and CM Punk doesn't deny it, I mean, he's had friction with leadership no matter where he goes. Yeah, because if you don't give CM Punk his way, then he causes problems. Yep. And and I'm not discounting the medical issues when he said he had some medical stuff that the WWE's doctors misdiagnosed or whatever. Um, Back in 2014, when he, when he left the company the day, the day after the rumble, because the doctor, WWE doctors have misdiagnosed an injury before and it costs uh, Mr. Kennedy, his money in the bank opportunity, because they said it was a torn a bicep. When in reality, it was just it was a hematoma that could have healed itself in about four to six weeks. But they t- said it was a torn bicep that was going to require surgery, 
So they had to hurry up and get the briefcase off of him so he could be gone, be out and have surgery. And he didn't was misdiagnosed and didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that aside, CM Punk was still lack of a better term. He was still pissy that he was not, that he never got the main event of WrestleMania. Did he have a valid argument of why he should be in the main event? Yeah, he did. The The match that he had, WrestleMania 29 against The Undertaker, that should have been the main event. But instead, they That's threw it, it to the Rock and Cena, right? They gave it to Rock and Cena. Yeah. yeah. And people can't say, oh, well, it, the world title should go on last because it didn't, because the Rock and Cena's first match was not about the title. Neither ha- neither man had the title. So, but here's the thing. The only match that I will ever go back and watch from that entire four-hour show is The Undertaker and CM Punk. It was The Undertaker's, it was one of the CM Punk's best matches he's ever had in WWE. And it was the last great Undertaker match. Yeah, because next year at 30, that match was horrible. Yeah. And that that match was horrible, and everything just kept going downhill after that. I mean, Grant, he got concussed pretty early on, but... Yeah, he did get uh, concussed. But But then the next year, he beat Bray Wyatt, which is unnecessary, because that should have been the passing of the torch. That should have been... I I wish Bray Wyatt, where they would have had him in the streak instead of... Mm -hmm. Instead of Brock. Brock. I get their argument. Their argument was that they needed somebody to break the streak that could handle the heat that it was going to cause. Brock was the perfect person for that because Brock didn't care. Brock didn't care if he got booed or cheered. He went in, he did his job, he got paid, he went home. He's the only person that, because they're like, you could you could have uh, made a young guy's career. Nope, that would have destroyed their career because all they would have ever been known for is, oh, you're the guy who broke the Undertaker streak. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to watching all this, especially that last one, because that one, there's so many intriguing things going on there. Oh, yeah. There's um, yeah, there's so much going on. So many, there's so many converging storylines that there's literally four or five possibilities of what could happen in this match, of what could play out. You know, I could see this. All right. The team... Discovery Channel, I don't know, the team babyface, whatever. <laughs> uh, stole that from The Simpsons, I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I remember that one. <laughs> team Discovery Channel. Um, <laughs> I'll say they're going to walk out with the win because of something that happened. You know, Damian Priest, he'll, you know, same thing though with Bailey. So I really, it, it kind of depends uh-huh. on what happens in the women's match. That's yeah, going to. Whether they replicate the same thing in the men's, yeah. Right, because WWE, they are really good about they're not going to pull a major thing twice on the same card. Yeah. It's like, if we give you the shocking moment over here, we're not going to do it again two hours later. Right. That's old school booking right there. Yeah. Uh, That's something I've actually learned talking to some people in the NWF because I've actually asked some of them about different things going on. Um, like storyline wise, because I'm like, once you pull the trigger on that now, and they say, because, you know, Roger talked to us about it, they don't want to see it happening twice in the same night. Well, no, because then it waters it down. It, right. It, it takes away all the impact 
from the fir- from it happening the first time if you go ahead and just duplicate it a couple of matches down the card. Right. And but I, I think this one um I can see Randy Orton uh well yeah, I mean doing giving a giving Cody Rhodes an RKO and they, they go at it at the next pay per view. Yeah, because Cody needs something Cody needs something until he gets back on that path to get to Roman at WrestleMania. Exactly. Uh but I can see um Randy Orton giving an RKO to Seth Rollins and then looking at Damian I, Priest going, Here you go. Oh, that'd be great. I think Randy Orton is going to RKO everyone in this match at some point. Oh, they're going to have that. It's going to be yeah. RKO. He's going to jump up. Next RKO. Next next yeah. RKO. Um, oddly enough, the oddball lad on this one is Jey Uso. <laughs> He's kind of the odd the odd man out in on his yeah. team. Yeah, you know, and I think partially because we we associate him with Jimmy, you know, his twin brother. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it does seem like he's the odd man out. Uh, of course, we know we already know Roman's not on this card. Yep. Which means that that title is not in any danger of him losing it. I mean, he only defends it like once every two or three months anyway. But yeah, um, and there's, there's and there's not a December pay per view unless they create one. But last year, I remember there was Survivor Series, and then there was literally eight eight weeks until the Rumble, which is perfect because you need that, that time to build. To, okay, you know, that is the start of the road to WrestleMania. You need that time to build all your stories to get to the Rumble so that all that starts. So I think I think it's is perfectly fine not to have a pay-per-view in December. Right. You know, because um, you know, it used to be back in the day, you know, I mean, it, the pay-per-views were like every two to three months, not every month. Yeah. Exactly. And like they just had Crown Jewel and then three weeks later it'll be Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And so it's like give a little breather and let your storylines cook a little bit. And it, and it's, it is perfect time for this to be the the Saturday right after Thanksgiving. Um mm-hmm. which also means I'm gonna be watching it probably a little bit late because our town is having their Christmas parade that day. They always do oh, okay. it the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So, um, and my nephew, he's actually in the high school marching band, even though he's only in eighth grade, but he's in the high school oh, marching band. Yeah. He's apparently he's really good at the saxophone. <laughs> so, um, so I'll probably be watching that and then come back and of course watch this. That, that is one nice thing about it being on, you know, Peacock on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to watch it live. You can actually catch it. Now, I will say this because it was one of the other pay-per-views that I caught it, and the pay-per-view was still going on, but I was about an hour or two behind. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to catch up, trying to catch up. When the pay-per-view actually ended, all of a sudden, my feed ended too. Yeah, it just stops. Because, it just stops. Yeah. And, yeah. and it yeah, won't... That's, and, and that's they won't... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's why I, if I can't watch it, if I can't start it at the beginning and watch it live, I'll just wait for the replay. Yeah, and I may end up doing that because the last time, and I had to wait because they're not going to repost it until they go back and they edit out anything that might need to be edited Mm -hmm. for, you know, whatever, you know, variety of reasons. It could be a copyright issue because, um, 
like the one where when they were in Australia the last time when Elias had his guitar and he started playing Thunderstruck. Well, yeah. that's fine for live, but if they yeah. wanted to, the replay, they had yep. to cut that out because of copyright issues. They'd have to pay yep. ACDC, yeah. you know, for uh, the rights to Thunderstruck. Um, and so hopefully it just kind of depends on what time I get back that night. Um, <laughs> because I, I, the parade starts at like 530, but we'll set to yeah. see. What I usually do with a Saturday pay-per-view is I watch it the next morning because then the replay's up. By the time I get up the next morning, the replay's up, and then I just watch it then. That way, if I need to pause it and go do something around the house, I can. If I got to go somewhere, a lot of times if it's quick, I'll just leave it paused, go run my errand, come back, restart it. Uh, well, sometimes I mean I do like to watch them Saturday nights because then that way I can um, I can talk to Randy at church about <laughs> about well, it. Yeah, that makes you know. Sense. So, um, you know, but I mean, there has been a lot of times. So I've had to catch it like the next afternoon, you mm-hmm. know, on the Sunday afternoon. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's shaping. I mean, I think it'll be a um, I think it'll be a good card. I mean, it's one of their big five, so you would hopefully mm-hmm. it would be. You know, um, you know, helpfully meet the standards, and you know, the one I don't, I don't want to call a throwaway match because it is kind of a buffer match is the Carlito and Santos Escobar. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that'll be a brutal match, which is good. It's a grudge match, so it should be brutal. Yeah, I think it's going to serve its purpose as far as, like I said, solidifying Escobar's heel turn. But if there's a match that I would have to pick, that would be the quote, and I hate to say it like this, but the quote-unquote weakest match on the card. Right. That's the one. In the grand scheme, that's the one with the least amount of stakes. And if you look at the two guys in it, it's not going to be a weak match, but just compared to the other four. Yeah, because this is not Escobar versus Ray. You know, we're building to that. Mm -hmm. This is just the first stop on that road. So... You know, it'll be a good match. I'm sure I will enjoy it, but it is the, it's at the bottom of the importance because it has the least amount of stakes. Right. There's no, there's no title. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a grudge match. Yeah. Oh, but either way, you know, this is going to be the, uh, capping off the end of a, a very busy Thanksgiving week. Um, You know, and the wrestling for me started this past Friday, like I said, in Georgetown, where I got to meet Jimmy Hart again, and I got his megaphone, and I got this shirt from the veteran, Jack Vaughn. <laughs> um, also got to talk to Lord Crew, and, you know, because he was there. Um, also, Pennsylvania Smith, who's another NWF guy, uh, actually, actually talking to him about him coming on the show at some point. Uh, talked to Nurse Mika about her coming on the show, and, you know, because she's not actually part of the NWF. She's part of a, a group out of West Virginia. Okay. And when you hear her talk, you can go, oh, yeah, that's West Virginia. <laughs> you know, she has a re- really, really uh, distinguishable accent. I mean, she uh, like, oh, yeah, you're from West Virginia. She's like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but th- with it being Thanksgiving, and this is kind of going away from wrestling a little bit, um, you know, Thanksgiving is a time, you know, for us to be spending with our families. You know, hopefully, you know, everybody, if you're with your family, we know, um, and I do know a lot of people who can't be with their families because, you know, different reasons, you know, the people in the military. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but it starts off a time where, uh, it's, 
you know, there's a song, it's the most wonderful time of the year, you know, with it being, you know, all the holidays when you have, you know, Christmas, you have Hanukkah, you have a lot of holidays going on. Um, but it's, and this is the most stressful time of the year for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, so, uh, because I mean, you're okay. You're buying gifts for everybody. Okay. Then you're having to watch how much you're spending. And then you, and of course, bills mm-hmm. still have to be paid. And, yeah. um, you know, and you're doing people doing traveling and people are trying to get their vacations done at their jobs. Well, not, we don't have that issue right now, right. but not right now, <laughs> not right now, but, uh, but it's like for us, I mean, we're still both looking for work. I mean, um, you know, I mean, we're getting by, I mean, we're getting our bills paid, but yeah. Um, but I had somebody reach out to me and they said that they are very glad that we actually are very open on our show about mental health. Mm-hmm. And we always have been, you know, um, you know, because we, the way I talked last week about, you know, talking to a therapist and I've been going to a therapist for years, even when I was still in uniform, that's when actually when I started talking to therapists. But so, I mean, I just want to kind of let everybody know, just in, <coughs> um, encourage everyone, if you are having issues with mental health, you know, let somebody know, you know, yeah. don't hold it in. I mean, there's no shame in it. Um, Excuse me. Because guess what? I mean, if you have a brain and you think then you're going to have at some point in your life, you're probably going to have some kind of uh, mental health crisis or just, a, you know, or just something going on with your mental health where you get, you just got to take a break. Uh, so we highly encourage everybody, if you can, you know, always reach out. If, <coughs> if you want to email one of us or both of us, so you can email uh, the show armchair breaking podcast at gmail.com. You can also email uh, Dwayne, uh the intellectual rockstar podcast mm-hmm. at gmail. Yep. Yep, yep, at gmail.com. You can email my other show, uh, cubicle chat podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on all the, any of the social medias. You can, you know, just let us know. If you ever need to talk to somebody, just let, you know, if you need, exactly. Yeah, just let us know. You know, let somebody know. If you need to reach out to me and Dwayne and do it. So, yeah. Uh, at but this just, time of year, it's like, don't stress yourself out. Do the best you can, yeah. especially with your kids at Christmas time with gifts and things like that. Don't go into debt. Don't, you know, skip bills to do this. Just do the best that you're capable of doing because your kids are going to appreciate the effort mm-hmm. more than the price tag. So just do the best you can, and that's what you can do. And don't be don't be hard on yourself because you couldn't afford the latest greatest thing. And it's like like with my kids. There's nothing that they're really wanting because they're both my, both my teenagers are like, well, we've got everything that we want. They, they're having hard times thinking of what they want for Christmas, you know, other than like just practical everyday things, but like big, huge gifts, there's not anything that they want because they're like, we just, we have it already and we don't, there's nothing we really need. I have a roof, I have clothes, I have food. We exactly. have electricity, we have water, yep. you know, that's, that's what we really need. And like Dwayne said, don't make your, don't put yourself in debt. Don't skip bills yeah. uh, to, you know, pay for gifts that, you know, you, maybe you can, maybe you can wait. Yeah. Maybe you can you know? wait or, or, and a lot of times, and everybody knows this has got kids. A lot of times they'll ask for these big gifts and, you know, We'll bend over backwards to get them and then they'll use it a few times and then it just sits on the shelf or sits in a drawer or whatever. And it's like, just don't do that to yourself. It just right. causes, you know, 
a lot of anguish on your part. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, just enjoy that time with your family. Yep. Uh, because I can tell you, um, one of the Christmases when I was a teenager, I think I got two gifts from my mama's stick and money was real tight, mm-hmm. you know, but this was, I think Christmas of either 89 or 90, but Batman on VHS had just come mm-hmm. out. So it may have been the 89 because, you know, Batman, the movie had come out in the summer of 89 in the theater. So Christmas of 89, they may have just gotten it on VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those who know who don't know what a VHS is, well, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but they get Batman on VHS. I'm like, one of the thing. And you know what? I was happy because I had Batman on VHS. And I say, exactly. I say Batman and Dwayne's ears all of a sudden perk up like he's back. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, by the way, if you have not listened to the Intellectual Rockstar, when you talk about, uh, I'll, I'll just call him Mechanical Batman. What was the actual name of it? The Murder Machine. The Murder Machine. Yeah. Go check out the Intellectual Rockstar podcast, and you can find out about the Murder Machine. I'm learning stuff about Batman every day. Um, Batman mixed with Cyborg. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. You know, um, but at the end of the day, we just want to, you know, since we're we're wrapping this up, I want to go ahead and wish everybody you know, happy Thanksgiving. Even if you're, yeah. even if you're not in America, happy Thanksgiving anyway. Go spend some time with your family because that's what it's exactly. really all about. You know. Yep. Um, you know, and like I said, if you ever need anything from Mirage Whalen, hit us up. Socials, emails. If you have yep. our phone number, that's one thing I'm not going to pass out on the ears. Our phone number, right. so right. But, but if you have our yeah. phone numbers, I mean, there because there are some who do. Um, you know, hit us up there if you need to. But you know, we just want everybody to be safe and we want everybody if you ever need help reach out and get it there's no shame yep, you know, so but have a happy thanksgiving see you good day good night god bless god bless